Minimalism was a thing, and I'm one of those people who embraced it fully and started practicing it. But as time went on, minimalism actually made me feel more anxious and guilty about things. I may be wrong in the way I practiced minimalism, but I felt bad about wanting or even needing anything. And when it came to my output and productivity, practicing minimalism actually took a toll on me. Then I found essentialism a new approach to productivity and life that allows you to be extremely selective about the essential things in your life then ruthlessly cutting out everything else. And to this day, essentialism is what I stand for. Hi, I'm Day and you're listening to The Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment. Today, I'll be talking about essentialism by Greg McEwen. I just want to thank Ella Sheen for suggesting and reminding me about this book. Let's go straight to the three key takeaways. By the way, I just want to remind you that these are my takeaways and there can be way more for you when you get to read the book. First takeaway, doing nothing and doing everything are both signs of learned helplessness. Second, become the editor of your own life with a 90% rule. Third, always give yourself a buffer of 50%. So let's dive right in. The first takeaway, Doing nothing and doing everything are both signs of learned helplessness. If you're not doing anything, that of course means you're not getting anything important done. However, so does doing everything. Learned helplessness is very interesting. There was an experiment done by Martin Seligman and his colleagues. He experimented on classical conditioning. It's a process by which an animal or a human associates one thing with another. You might heard of Pavlov's experiment when dogs were conditioned by a bell associating it with food so that when the dog hears the bell, they start salivating. So classical conditioning is really from Pavlov. But what Seligman did was as soon as he rang a bell, he administered a mild electric shock to the floor where the dog was standing. So of course, after a while, the dog reacted to the bell even before the shock was given. But here's the interesting part. Seligman made the crate with two areas, one that administers the shock and one that doesn't. It was divided with a fence, a very low fence, that the dog can see and jump over. He placed the dog that was conditioned and placed it on the side where there was an electric shock. Seligman expected the dog to jump to the other non-shocking side of the fence, but that wasn't the case. The dog just laid down, learning from the first part of the experiment that they can't do anything about it. So the dog just gave up. This is learned helplessness. It is not trying to get out of a negative situation because the past has taught you that you are helpless. See, can you think of any examples for this where negative experiences defined everything that succeeded after? And you might be wondering if he did tests to other dogs that were not conditioned. Yes, he did. And when they felt the electric shock, the dog jumped to the other side. So just like the dogs, whether we're doing nothing or trying to do everything, we are giving up our power to choose. And if you can't think of any examples for this, just by saying, I have to do this or I have to do that throughout the day over and over again, this is already a sign that you might be helpless and you have to some extent given others the power to choose for you. So how do you go from I have to to I choose to? This brings us to takeaway number two. Become the editor of your own life with the 90% rule. Being an editor is about adding, but mostly about removing what's not adding. Essentialism teaches you to become the editor of your own life. And one of the rules it gives you to do so is the 90% rule. For every item to do or decision, 
you consider only look at the most important criterion and give it a value between 0 and 100. This is harsh, but everything that's under 90 is considered a 0 and has to go. For example, when sorting out your closet, you could calculate the likelihood of ever wearing a piece of clothing again. If it's below 90%, why even keep it? Or for your to-do list, you can ask, how likely is this to really help me make a progress towards my most important goal? If it's below 90%, you should scrap it. Most people might have an issue with this because they might think that everything is important. This is a sign where we have to be completely honest with ourselves and think it through. This is very similar to Steve Jobs' advice about focus and Derek Sivers' it's either hell yes or no approach. And it will help you say no more often to leave only the things in your life which are adding the most value to your overall story. And this leads us to the final takeaway. Always add 50% of the time you think you need as a buffer. Saying no means that you have enough time to attend to the things that you say yes to. And that's an amazing feeling that you get when you practice essentialism. But focusing on a few things doesn't mean that you'll end up completely free. You still have to plan them. For example, even when you just pick three tasks for your day, it's easy for them to take more time than you expect. Thinking we're able to estimate how much we can get done in a day and that everything will go as expected is one of our major flaws as humans. This is a conversation that I always have with my friends and colleagues, and they think time is always conspiring against them. So always add 50% of the time you think a task takes as a buffer in order to account for the unexpected. Especially these days when you take virtual meetings and things are so unexpected. If it's one hour, plan for 1.5. If it's 30 minutes, plan for 45. You get the point. This helped me not freak out when things run long. But honestly, these days, I don't get to practice this so much, so it's a good reminder for me too. This episode is a very good example. I was supposed to release this episode earlier in the day, but I didn't plan well and underestimated the time. Like others, you might think that the time buffer is wasteful. It isn't because for the essentialists, this is key because they know that planning extra time for the unplannable is the essentialist way of making time for what is truly essential. But to be fair, in theory, we all know what really matters to us. We just tend to overestimate ourselves and lift a lot of things from nice to have to this is important. Essentialism helps you stop doing that. So with that, I'll leave you with a quote from the author. Remember that if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. And that was a quick summary of Essentialism by Greg McEwen. By the way, this is just a summary, but there's so much more you can learn from the book, such as the four pillars of essentialism, what you can do to not feel bad when saying no, and what an essentialist life looks like day to day. And if you have no means to get the book, send me a message and maybe we can work something out. Go to lnk.bio slash d-a-e-l-e-e and you will find different ways to contact me there. And if you find the author interesting, I summarized another one of his books before. It's called Effortless. You can check it out. Till the next episode, this was Day, and thank you for listening to the Daily Book Club, The Audio Experiment.